everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Filipino American Woman Project, also known as TIFA Project for short. This is our first interview for season two. And fun fact, this interview was actually done in March 2020 to wrap up our first season. So you'll actually be hearing a lot of things that may be outdated. And I highly, highly encourage you and invite you to join and contribute to our newsletter community in which you can learn more about on our brand new website, tifaproject.com. That's T-F-A-W as in the Filipino American woman project.com. So some things to note before you listen to this fine interview. We were not sober, especially me. So enjoy that. In fact, uh, I didn't realize I was going to be doing an interview (laughs) until the wonderful Maxine DeMolanta joined us on the show. And apparently her and Nani had been communicating back and forth to be on the show. And at the time we were doing our live show, it was really just intended for Nani and I to, um, you know, not be sober. And just have fun with our Instagram community. But, you know, I actually am so glad that we did this interview because three months later, I really feel like this interview couldn't be any more relevant in today's times and now. And when you listen to Maxine's story, you'll know why. All right, so some housekeeping things before we jump in. In addition to our new website, we also have a new phone number where you can now text or leave a voice message. And so this is how Maxine got on our show because we like, we shared this number toward the end of the last season. So save this on your phone, get a pen and paper ready or pull up your phone. I mean, actually, if you are listening to this podcast on your phone, then you already are on your phone. So, so go ahead and open up your contacts and save this phone number. Ready? It's 415-484-TIFA, T-F-A-W. Or if you want the actual numbers, 8329. All right, once again, that's 415-484-TIFA, 8329. I'll just say it all in numbers because I know that the letters can be distracting sometimes and all that jazz. So 415-484-8329. And uh, since you're on your phone anyway, shoot us a text. Say hi. Say, hey, I got your number. And uh, you are always welcome to text us. Just like how Nani manages our Instagram community, uh, she also manages our phone number. So feel free to text us there, leave us voice messages. If you leave us voice messages, we'll probably play it on the show. So there's that. (laughs) So once again, we would love to engage with you and we want to hear from you, you know, as soon as you listen to these episodes. So once again, I'm going to say the number one more time because I think it's really important. 415-484-8239 also known as TIFA, T-F-A-W. Lastly, this show wouldn't be possible if it wasn't for our sponsors. So it would really mean a lot to us if you could take the time to learn about them by visiting our website, tifaproject.com, which now that I mentioned the website, I am so thrilled that there are a lot of people in our community who've taken the plunge and started podcasting. And if you're just about ready to start podcasting, I wanna give a little plug to our, to our sponsor, Captivate. So Captivate.fm, which you can learn more about in the show notes on the website, tifaproject.com. We had decided to transition to this platform from our original platform because for years I've been just talking about trying to get a website together. And the one thing I love about Captivate is that 
It does everything typical web hosting services do for your podcast. But in addition to that, they also give you a website. And their website, as you can see, if you visit tifaproject.com, it's very user-friendly and it's very social media friendly. So it makes it really easy for your listeners to go to the website, to share the post, you know, to share the episodes. And I love it so much for that. So if you check out our website, tifaproject.com, and you like the layout and you're thinking about starting a podcast and you really don't want to get into the hassle of figuring out how to put a website together, then go ahead and learn about our sponsor, Captivate. I do want to say that if for whatever reason you do not like the layout and you are a WordPress user, Captivate also has a plugin on WordPress. And so if you are ready to move your website, you could actually use the WordPress plugin to transfer it over there. So just a little tip for you. That's enough announcements. I hope that you enjoy this interview with Maxine de Melanta. Remember, we were, um, I mean, at least I was not sober. So thank you in advance for your grace as always. And I hope you have a good laugh. But most of all, I hope that Maxine's story really resonates with you. All right, let's dive right in. All right, so we're actually really excited because we are doing an impromptu interview. Personally, I have to straight up apologize. I totally had some miscommunication, but my background is I used to do a little bit of public speaking and I would did Facebook Live when the show started. So I'm a very impromptu person. I just hope that you all forgive me and give me grace <laughs> as well. We forgive for you being, and give you yeah, all the grace always. you need. <laughs> oh, thank you. Oh my God. Oh, I have so many amazing friends in my life. Like, it's actually almost strange when I run into someone who's like not nice. You know, like like I don't know about you guys, but you know, like a lot of my friends are really cool. So then that's if good. I run into someone that's like very insensitive or like makes it about them or something, yeah. um, or criticizes me, I'm just like, whoa, like you people still exist. Like I'm waiting a- to get to that point. I'm like still trying to cut the fat out of my circle, you know? Yeah. All good, all good. But sometimes, you know, healthy fats, healthy fats are good for mm-hmm. you. So, well, but sometimes- I'm trying to keep the healthy fat and cut the yeah. unhealthy fat. <laughs> Difficult. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, I can't tell on you, Nani. So, just so you know. <laughs> Sorry, I'm totally like being a flirt on the show right now. I'm so straight. So straight. Although I get mistaken. No joke, because I shave the side of my hair, I get mistaken for like being lesbian all the time. Which, you know, hey, Why? if it happens, it happens. Like when I shave the side, apparently it means that that's like my mating call for. So what do strangers only- just like message you on Instagram and be like, are you a lesbian because of your haircut? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, so so locally, I'm a big queer ally. Like, I'm like, what do they call that? I'm like a hag. Like, I'm a big, like, my best friend is gay. And Never like, I was term. all about the pride festivals. Yeah, they're called yeah. hags mm-hmm. if you have, like, a gay best friend. I mean, that's what I was called. Oh, okay, maybe I'm, I'm not, not generalizing. I have a lot of gay best friends. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not generalizing. I'm not stereotyping. I'm just telling you my story and how I'm apparently when you have queer friends, you're considered a hag. And anyway, locally, one of the first ways of me to build new relationships here is I wanted to get involved with just LGBT related meetups, because Mm -hmm. I feel like for me, they're just in general, in general, okay, not I'm not trying to get political here or anything. But in general, like, I feel like the queer community, the LGBT 
LGBTQIA plus community are more real with their feelings and their emotions and they're more mm-hmm. like loving and homey and very homey people. Accepting. That's the easiest way to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the easiest way for me to make friends <laughs> is that way. Yeah. And so anyway, I was at this event. I was at this event and someone asked me, they're like, oh, hey, what do you identify as? And I was like, I was like, um, straight? You're like, is that is that what you're asking? And they're like, oh, okay. They're like, oh, yeah, like that's, oh, okay. And I was like, well, why do you ask? Like, um, and they're like, oh, it's just, it's your hair. Like, I mean, you can't see it now, Maxine, but I have, I have like a side cut. Oh, yeah. Really? And, uh, I do. Yeah. It, no, I know you have it? a side cut. No, no, yeah. I know. I've seen your side cut, but I'm saying... <laughs> I'm saying people would go out of their way to be like, really? You're not a lesbian? Like, no, (laughs) I'm not. That that happened to me. That was my story is that like I was at this event and I was straight up asked, what do you identify as? And they explained like, oh, because that's normally a lesbian haircut. And I was like, I mean, I was like, good to know. I had no idea. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, So if you... If you don't want to come off that way, you know, this is probably one way not to do it, but not to stereotype because I literally had no idea until someone asked me, like, if I was a lesbian. What inspired you to do the side cut in the first place? If you didn't know, apparently it's this signal that you're a lesbian. (laughs) Yeah. Well, Nani, it's a little long story, but not really. So I have an autoimmune disorder called eczema. It's a skin, what's it called? Autoimmune yeah, disorder. Yes. Yeah, it's a skin disease. And essentially, if my skin gets really dry, it breaks out. And then you can't do a lot. Like you can't sweat or it'll, mm-hmm. it'll break out. You can't shower or it'll break out. You can't do anything and it'll still break out. And <laughs> yeah, oh, Maxine knows. Maxine yeah, knows. I know. <laughs> and, yeah. And every year, every summer, my eczema would break out somewhere else on my body. So one year, it took over my entire like right hand, like my dominant right hand. And mm-hmm. I couldn't shake hands. Like I couldn't type. I had to use like an iPad to type because it was just like, you know, it was just like typing yeah. like this. Yeah. Yeah. And then one year I had it on my shins. And then last year I had it around my face. Like I had it around my neck and around my cheeks right here. And so essentially what happened was, wait, what did happen? Man, I was on a good, I was on a roll. Um, <laughs> the side cut, the side cut. <laughs> oh, yes. So I had already had this side cut, right? I already had this one because back then I just have really thick hair. And so my hairstylist was like, oh, maybe you want to try a side cut. And if you don't like it, you can hide it. And I was like, yeah, I could do that. So that's, I always had this one, right? But then when my skin started to break out on this side, I went to the, you know, the stylist, hairstylist one day. And they're like, oh, do you want this side shaved? And I was like, yeah, let's do it. And so, <laughs> so she ended up she ended up shaving it all. And initially I was like, oh my God, what did I do? Like I could never like appear in a professional setting ever again. Like I almost feel like I put like a tattoo on my face when I did this. Um, <laughs> but I have grown to love it. And I usually tie my hair up in a bun. And because of it, my skin has like cleared up a lot easier mm-hmm. because, you know, like, the baby hair would really, especially in the wind, the baby hair would like affect my skin and and break out. So yes, that that's my long story as to why I got a side cut. It's for health related issues. It's not to be cool, although hey, it does look pretty cool. <laughs> but no, that wasn't the primary reason why I did it. So does that answer your question? <laughs> yes. Yes, it does. Cool, cool. Thank you. All right. Anyway, long answer. With that said, 
<laughs> we, we are excited. We're having a, a guest interview today, an impromptu interview. Normally, I like to prepare for these in advance, but hey, it's Friday, and Nani and I are having a good Friday night. Maxine, I hope you are as well, even if I you're am, not joining the drinks. <laughs> okay, yeah. good. Yeah. I, I, hope, I hope we're entertaining to you. I try. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we have an impromptu interview tonight, and I'm going to try to be, I'm just going to like roll with it. And my goal today, my goal, my personal goal is to uncover a story out of you, Maxine. And I know that you were texting Nani. Nani manages our text messages. And so actually, yeah, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself, your first and last name, and let's do a little icebreaker. Like, What do you want people to know about you that you think they wouldn't know about you? Yeah. Um, so my name is Maxine de Melanta. I'm 19 years old and I'm currently a second year at UCLA. I think for your icebreaker questions, the first thing people expect for me, like when they see me and I walk into a room is not that I'm Asian. And I guess the answer to the question is I'm Asian, plot twist, and I'm full Asian. I'm full Filipino. My dad is Kampampangan and Ilocano. And my mom um, is Visayan. Um, mm. Her dad is actually from Iloilo. And her mother is from Samar. So I'm full Filipino. I actually, you know, that's part of the reason why, like, I texted you guys was I've been listening to your show and following you all on social media for a couple months now. I don't remember the first episode that I listened to, but it was actually my undergraduate counselor, Elaine, from UCLA that you all interviewed a couple months back, I think. Or oh, I'm not sure how long. Right, what was What's yeah, Elaine uh, Delalas? Yeah, yeah, Delalas, yeah. yeah. And I've, I've talked to her a couple Shout times. Shout out, Elaine. I, yes. <laughs> I, mean, I just applied to her major. Like, I'm planning to see her whenever we get back. <sighs> Shout out, Corona. Wow. But yeah, so that was one of the first ones. And I've loved every single one of them. Actually, I think the first one I listened to was your whole, um, your link up, the whole crew. When the whole crew came out mm. and it was just a really dope podcast. You guys are amazing. Aww. And that's why I texted, you know. Mm. Maxine, I just want to apologize for talking a lot about alcohol and <laughs> <laughs> and getting high. I didn't realize you were 19. Oh, it's like, okay. No, we, yeah. Like, girl, I we don't want to be a bad influence. Yeah. You, I, like, I thought you were in our age group. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, we, well, I'm at home, so we'll keep it down. Um, yeah. But, you know, I'm my extracurriculars okay. as well. All right. Just so you know, I'm not normally like this. <laughs> I usually drink water every day and oh. I sometimes exercise. And I'm a good influence. I'm a good influence. I'd like to believe. So <laughs> yes, you are. Yes, you are yeah. on all of us. Okay. Nani, Nani can speak on my behalf, but no, I'm totally joking, but not joking. And I'm gonna try to like act my age right now, in in a good way, and keep it PG sort of. Although I already have this impression of you, Maxine, that you are very mature for your age. Thank you. And I wouldn't be surprised if you get that a lot because you've been extra patient with us. And I feel oh. like someone your age probably would have like signed off by now and thought we were crazy. They're like, yeah, I'm not gonna like do that again. So. This. <laughs> yeah. So thank you so much. Like, oh my gosh. Yeah. So with that said, I'm going to try to be as present as I can with the wine that I've been drinking and not sound too obscene, et cetera, et cetera. Oh my gosh. 19 years old girl and UCLA. Wow. That's amazing. And Elaine, what a small world, you know, her and her husband and their colleague have an amazing podcast show, T-File podcast. And I'm just so glad that 
to me, I feel like we just interviewed someone. We interviewed Janelle. Her episode's going to be out soon. And she had listened to all our episodes before she ended up like on our show. And it was really cool to really engage with a listener. So Maxine, I want to thank you so much. I think this is the reason why you were patient with us this whole time, because I, I think you trust us right now. I do. Yes, uh, I do. I, okay, good. Oh, thank God. So thank you so much for being patient with us. And we're really excited to engage with you. And I think one thing that we all have in common is that we, all of us, I think, tend to get mistaken for some other ethnicity than what we actually are. So yeah, I'm excited for you to share your perspective and really address this issue. So thanks for joining us today. So Maxine, do you want to talk a little bit about how that has, you know, that in terms of being mistaken for another identity or nobody being able to tell that you're Filipino, because I can also share that. I'm not full Filipino, but I'm half Filipino. And I identify with that, obviously, as like the majority in terms of the breakdown of my identity. But when I meet people in the outside world, obviously, nobody will ever guess that. Only one person in my life has ever guessed that I'm Filipino. And that was a plumber that came to fix my toilet last year. (laughs) Yeah, it was really, really random. I have never, ever been asked before, am I Filipino? Because most people are just like, what are you? And then when I tell them I'm Filipino, they're like, no, no, not Filipino, Mm -hmm. you know? And I'm just like, I feel like I have to prove myself. I feel like I have to like, (laughs) okay, well, do you want to meet my family? And it's like, I shouldn't have to do that. Yeah, because this is who I am. and My family is who it is. And I shouldn't need to show people that in order for it to be true. So what kind of sparks in your experience sparks Mm -hmm. you to to talk about that today? Yeah, I mean, I resonate with that so much, you know, like every Uber, every class, you know, I I get in there and everyone, the question is always, what are you, you know, Mm -hmm. and that is not only, I mean, to me, I've gotten so used to the question, but I'm originally from the Bay Area, from Richmond, from East Bay, you know, we're a a warrior's family. So like, that's where I'm from. I've been here my whole life and growing up in a community, I'm actually from um, Richmond. So it's a lot of African-American Latinx folks. And Mm -hmm. my hair is pretty much the reason why everybody doesn't know what I am and always wants Mm -hmm. to question, you know, like obviously your listeners won't be able to see it, but if you follow me on Instagram, you wouldn't know, you know, I, if you guys are familiar with curl patterns, it's like a three B type curl pattern, which is curly. It's not wavy. It's not kinky. It's in the middle. Mm -hmm. And when I was younger, you know, I, I was born bald. And then by the time I was three, my hair started growing in, took a while and it was straight. And then as soon as I turned eight, my first picture day, I remember, I'm dramatic. Um, I'll just put that out there. And I remember my my first picture day. We all day. are, girl. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe just a Filipino characteristic. You you know? you're, in, you're in good company It definitely right is. Okay. Yeah, yeah, so my first picture day, my hair started to get a little lift. And I started getting bullied for having poofy hair. Wow, and it was just crazy. poofy. They used to call me cotton ball. They used to call me, I look like a bunny. They said, what's wrong with your Afro? And my mom, you know, she has that really pin straight Asian hair. So of mm. course she didn't know what to do with it. And then all of a sudden I was getting older. I hit puberty in full swing, you know, and then it was just giant. It was huge, yeah. you know? So 
I put my hair in ponytails, you know, braids. My mom did everything she could until, you know, I got bullied to the point where, you know, it was actually coming from my family. Mm. And it was actually my grandparents, my grandmother on my dad's side who would call me dirty. She told me it didn't look like I showered. She said, don't you ever brush your hair? Yeah, she actually called me. They used to call me Negrita. And so like, when I was growing up, you know, I thought, you know, that translates to black, you know, and and that Mm. was really my first interaction with this whole anti black sentiment within my family. And then as I got older, I realized it realized it was within our community. So, you know, once I got into my teenage years, I learned what a straightener was. And I started flat ironing my hair every day to the point where it would never go past my shoulders. It would split off and um, eventually, yeah, exactly. You know, and I couldn't do anything about it because I was trying so hard to assimilate that I'll take the damage over bullying, over the negative comments of all that negative energy. I'll take the damage hair over that any day if it means that I can be normal. Um, and a lot of people ask me, oh, your hair looks so good, you know. And once I got into high school, like my junior year, the natural hair movement within the Black community, primarily Black women, it was revamped. And I found a lot of YouTube tutorials on accident. And eventually I realized, like, oh my gosh, straightening my hair is horrible. You know, why am I yeah. doing this? Why am I spending two hours before school, waking up at 6 a.m. to do my hair, you know, just to look the way society thinks I should look if I'm an Asian woman. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so eventually I started taking care of it, you know, the YouTube thing, the whole, you know, deep conditioning and all of that kind of stuff. And eventually I realized my hair is curly. Like it's actually mm-hmm. curly. It's not that wavy that everyone assumes, oh, you know, like that, that's cute. You know, it's, it's curly. Like if I don't do it in the morning, I look crazy, that type of thing. Yeah, it is um, what it is. Really, exactly. You know, and that that's my truth. And as soon as I got that's to college, cool. my hair, yeah, my hair was full curly at this point, fully transitioned, fully healthy for the most part. Um, It is short. So I did a big chop. But once I got to college, you know, it was, you know, a PWI. It's a predominantly white institute, UCLA. Mm-hmm. And the Filipino community there is very prominent. I was still very uneasy about joining it. And my interactions with a lot of my fellow, like, White classmates and these Asian classmates were really negative. You know, a lot of people just assumed things about me right off the bat. And nobody Mm -hmm. could ever tell what I was. So I guess the answer to your question, Nani, you know, like my hair is really a huge part of my identity because it's the way a lot of people see me. It's the way the world, you know, sees me. And then everybody assumes what they want about me, which is something I have to get used to. That's really interesting to me just to know that that is something that as a culture, Black women have struggled with a lot is the fight to just be one with their natural hair. By the way, your hair looks amazing. And I think that you should continue to embrace the naturalness of your hair. But I know that that's been a long fight for that culture for a long time. And for people or the community that you were in, unfortunately, the Bay, (laughs) to have kind of stuck you in that category and stereotyped you as that and treated you with the, you know, downfalls of that stereotype when you're not even 1% Black is insane. But that just goes to show how people really don't take the time to like learn about a person. It's literally just face value. And that is 
a narrative that we want to and that we're trying to change, obviously, but it's a reality that we all face, whether it's from your standpoint or my standpoint, which are both very different. But at the end, we start in the same container, you know, and so it's really interesting to see how two people from the same community can be received so differently, especially like you're in Richmond and I'm in Oakland, you know? Yeah. So and that's it's really unfortunately yeah. the way of the world right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it was a little bit easier when I was growing up because I was so around so many people of color, you mm-hmm. know, no one mm-hmm. really cares. As soon as my hair, you know, really was healthy and it was really curly. Nobody cared about what I was. It was, you know, you're right. just like, oh, you're just one of us. And even if you look like it, so we're all good. You know, there's so many, you know, mixed race, like individuals out here too that have hair just like mine. But it was really once yeah. I got into, you know, UCLA and I ended up going to their admin weekend for Philippine students, which I thought was so amazing. You know, maybe I'm going to meet someone who looks just like me, who has the same struggles as me, you know, and then I got there and I didn't. It was yeah. like, oh, because for the longest time, you know, I really thought that there were other people out there like me. My dad has always told me this because because he's come from Pangan, we think we have a lot of roots in our indigenous people, the Aita, who live, you know, in the mountains mm. of the Philippines and specifically Pampanga. And I know a couple of other provinces. So we think there's a lot of indigenous blood, obviously, that led to, you know, my dad's side of the family with really darker skin complexions and more Afrocentric features, as they call them. And then, you know, so I got back to badminton weekend and there was no one who looked like me, no one who understood the struggles, no one who really I could resonate with. And that was really, you know, defeating. It was re- I felt very defeated in terms of like, I'm not going to be able to integrate into this community. And so it, it was just very hard, I think, just trying to come to terms with my Filipinx identity if the world didn't see me as Filipina. Mm. That's just so crazy because I was just thinking, like, it's hard enough to identify as a Filipina. And, like, it's hard for us, first of all, for many of us to accept the fact that we're Panay and be proud, right? But then to prove it to the world (laughs) is, like, a whole different challenge. And so, you know, as Panay's, as women of color, it's just this constant uphill battle of having to explain ourselves to people. Mm -hmm. Even you, Nani, you know, even though you're half, Mm -hmm. like you are part of it, you know, like you're part of it because you're you're mixed, you're a mestiza, you know, and it's just this constant, like us saying, this is what I am. Okay. Like, why does it even matter? Like, I'm not like an animal that you need to like figure out how to be around and not scare right away. Like a deer, you know, (laughs) like, like we're a human, like I'm a human being. I can speak English. I can give you eye contact. Just, just talk to me, you know? So it's so crazy. And then like, yeah, especially that you're full Filipina, you know, magazine. And yet people don't see that. I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy that you go through that experience. So thank you so much for sharing that. And thank you for reaching out to us and joining us today. And you're very articulate. I'm not saying that. Thank you. Like, I'm not trying to say that because you're 19, you're like 14 years old or anything. That's not what I'm trying to like do or anything. But I just, I just really want to acknowledge you for how articulate you are and also how courageous you are. Because I think even for myself, I didn't really start speaking out about who I was till, I don't know, like a little less than a decade ago. 
and you're 19 and you're like, I'm going to tell the world who I am. Yeah. <laughs> so, so thank you. Like, I, I just want to applaud you and thank you for joining us on our show and sharing a piece of your life and your story mm-hmm. as someone who struggles with, you know, being Filipina, yeah. but always being mistaken as black. Yeah, no, it was something that I really wanted to, you know, do because I, you know, listening to all of your podcasts and just the diversity of the Filipina identity. Like, I think a lot of the times nobody acknowledges the fact that we're so many different shades and so many different hair textures and sizes and so many different facial features that like, I feel like stories like mine are go unheard sometimes. And I really appreciate, you know, that you have created a platform in which we can all be heard. And that's something that's really important to me. Yeah. But I think that that's a really important thing to be touched on. And I know that we touched on it before with, I forgot who it was we interviewed, but her mom was Filipina and her dad was black. And so she was half black, but she looks more black. And I Mm. guess she kind of bribing that her mom, like when she got older, was kind of like, why are you so dark? You know, and she was like, well, you're the one that made me. So you tell me. You know what I mean? Like her mom was kind of resenting her for that. And that is a huge thing in our community that I think a lot of people don't want to acknowledge or a lot of people don't want to recognize it because it doesn't apply to them. I can share in my personal experience, and this is not to like bash my family or put them down or anything like that. But in my experience, I've brought home a few guys in the past. (laughs) My first boyfriend was African-American. And so when I first brought him home, I think I was 14 or 15. It was not a big deal. I didn't think anything of it. The next day, my grandma calls me. And mind you, my grandma and my grandpa have been separated since I was born, since like right before I was born. So I've never even seen them together. My grandma calls me like, your papa is upset. And I'm like, why is he upset? And she's like, because of your boyfriend. And I'm like, well, what about him? Like, what was wrong with him? He seemed fine when he met him yesterday. What's the problem? And she's like, it's because he's black. And Mm -hmm. I was like, what does that mean? You know, I'm like 14 or 15 at the time. So I'm so confused. I'm like, why does that matter? And she just wasn't giving me a straight answer. She was kind of beating around the bush. Then I started asking my family. And that's something Mm. that I kind of had to feel out on my own over the years as I've brought different guys home. And I've noticed as I've gotten older, it's not just like the really old generation that has comments about that. I'm just like, where does that come from? And so that whole idea of colorism within the Filipinx community is very real. And I think it's very taboo and a lot of people don't want to talk about it. And a lot of people will probably get very uncomfortable hearing us Mm -hmm. having this conversation right now. And that's okay. But yeah, Mm -hmm. I think it's something that should be brought to light. And thank you so much for asking us to cover it. Yeah. And I think the whole anti-Blackness, I feel like a lot of what, like, especially my generation, nobody understands that that colonial mentality and that colorist mentality originates from colonization. And it originates from like the, you know, the multiple times that, you know, the U.S. and the Spaniards and all of these other, you know, essentially European countries came in and took over and put our people into a hierarchy and, you know, a system. And that, you know, that's that that hierarchy of colorism and they established like, oh, well, lighter skinned people get better treatment or they get Mm -hmm. more access to education, money or, 
you know, whatever it is in the world that people need economically, like that's a fact that's been proven Mm -hmm. historically. And it's just been reinforced by things like colonization and et cetera. Yeah. So. Mm, wow. What a heavy conversation. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> thank you so much, Max. I was going to say, like, what a heavy conversation, number one. I think, I think this is a beautiful uh, conversation. And although I have never been mistaken for um, being Black, I mean, I've been mistaken for, like, other things. Like, I lived in Southern California, so very often I got mistaken for Hispanic or anything but Filipino. It's so funny because, like, the only people, like, like, for example, the only guys who would know if I'm Filipino – They'd be like, are you Filipino? I was like, yeah. I was like, why? And they're like, oh, my ex-girlfriend was Filipino. And I was like, so Yikes. like, what, what, what does this have to do with me? You know? yeah. But yeah, no, I, I personally have been mistaken for a lot of things. But I mean, it's one thing to get mistaken for something else, but then to be discriminated against you know to be treated differently against it's like that's a different story from your own family too you know yeah yeah and it's interesting especially the whole familial like dynamic of it because I do have a cousin who is half German you know Mm. and you can definitely see the differences in the way that like I'm treated with I'm like like caramel skinned but my cousins you know with curly hair but my cousins were darker skinned you know like the way that it works is like we put people certain people on a pedestal and especially the older generation like you said you know and it's really it's unfortunate because I can't do anything and we can't do anything to what take that down I guess right for sure yeah I mean as an individual I think about what I can do to combat that and for me, like in large part, that's my contribution to this project, to the Filipino American Woman podcast and project. Um, and so I try and obviously represent as much diversity as I possibly can yeah. on our Instagram. And when we have a website, if I have any say so over that, then obviously, like I want to represent as much diversity as I can there. And I think that that's what our show should really encompass is the spectrum that we come from. We're just so, so diverse. And I don't know the word I'm looking for, but you know what I'm trying to say? There's not one word or one sentence or one phrase that encompasses us all. And so I think it takes something as large as this project or a website or an Instagram feed or something that people can like, visually see or something that's really tangible for them to grasp like oh I do belong to this community you know Mm -hmm. what I mean like I am a part of this beautiful and before I jump ahead of myself I just wanted to give a shout out to Mia Santos the one who is half black and half Filipina that shared shared her story on our show yeah shout out to Mia and her IG handle Mm -hmm. is food raised me so she posts a lot of pictures about food (laughs) and um hungry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's episode 39 on our show if you are interested in learning about her experience um, and her story and she really covers a lot about her relationship with her mom, which is really very interesting to listen to. So, Maxine, I have a question for you because obviously you are on our show today. You are having this discussion, you're openly having this discussion with us today. And so it means something to you. I know it means something to you. And and it sounds to me that you have this sense of responsibility to talk about this. So, my question for you is, what are you doing today 
feel like you're doing on your end or how are you contributing to this narrative or really getting this story, this issue more aware? Like what, what are you doing on your end to do that? Yeah, I think, you know, for the most part, it's me sharing my story. And I think sharing my story and putting a name to a face and a face to an experience, I think is the most important part for me. You know, like one of my orgs, we had this conversation about anti-Blackness because it is something that happens on college campuses still. It would not only within like traditional families, but also within, you know, communities of like young adults. And every time, you know, a conversation like that happens, I try to say, you know, like it, don't ignore the spectrum, but acknowledge your place within it and what you can do. And I think, you know, kind of, yeah, you know, like to combat, you know, whatever kind of anti X sentiments that are within our community. I feel like for me, it's really, like I said, sharing my story and not only telling Filipino, other, other Filipinx individuals about my experience, but also telling other people of color, telling other people in general, because I think there's a box they put Panais in Filipino people in general, but specifically Panais. You know, we yeah. look at I love oh, them, yeah. but we look at Katriana Gray. You know, we look at the past two Miss Philippines we've had, and they're gorgeous. They're amazing. They're representing you know my motherland in ways that I could never. But also, she doesn't right. look like me. You know, she doesn't. We are right. not the same. Variety. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, sharing my story with other people and trying to expand the box, I guess there shouldn't be a box, but if there is going to be a box, make it bigger and acknowledge everybody's Uh, experience. uh, Yeah. If there's a box, make it bigger. (laughs) I think that's that's a good quote. And also the one that you said before, I forgot already what it was. What, (laughs) what, What was it that you just said? I think, um, don't don't ignore the spectrum. Acknowledge yeah. your place within the spectrum. Yeah. yeah I think that, that's what it was. That could be the quote for our feed, Jen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was no, I'm so glad you asked, Nani, because I was literally gonna ask you to repeat it, Maxine. I was like, could you repeat? <laughs> let, me just write it down. let me just write it down. Let me just write it down. Hold on, let me get a pen. Okay. Yeah. We're gonna wait, we're gonna wait for Nani. She's like falling in love with this quote that you shared with us, Maxine. <laughs> No, actually, uh, it, you might see me looking down sometimes. And if anyone ever joins us live, or if anyone wants to understand the behind the scenes of our show, I take notes during our show. I make sure that I'm really actively listening to our guest, and I am taking note of the follow up questions I want to ask. So, if you're wondering why I'm looking down, that's why is because I have these. I'm taking notes, and I have yeah. questions just to have you like clarify more things that I imagine that our yeah. listeners may have questions with as well. So, yeah. Nani's back. Hey, Nani. <laughs> hey, so can you say it one more time? Sorry. Don't ignore the spectrum. Acknowledge your place in the spectrum. Don't ignore place it. Acknowledge your place. That's so good. Jen, if you didn't get that. Yeah. I- <laughs> Yes, thank you. This is perfect because you have the post-its and I, I can't write. So I'm glad that you're writing. <laughs> you're taking okay. notes for us. I, mean, uh, I don't know right if I'll now. be able to read this later, but. <laughs> <laughs> we'll try. So Nani just showed us her handwriting in case anyone's wondering, at least right now. this Her current handwriting doesn't represent her actual no, handwriting. No, no. When I'm regular, then my handwriting is much better. It's, it's- <laughs> there you go for the record (laughs) yeah I did just want to add that I think that again colorism in our community is a huge thing and that goes from you know your story to 
people like I know my friend that lives in the Philippines that I went to visit for the first time in January. He's mestizo like me. He's mm-hmm. half white and half Filipino. And he basically, he's lived there for like three or four years. He's lived there for a long time. And I was asking him like what it's like, like what his experience has been. And he was basically like, because of my skin color, people assume that I have money. They assume that I'm like a celebrity. They have a lot of expectations. And so when they meet me and when they interact with me and I'm not what they expected, they, you know, essentially talk shit. And he was like, I watched the people in my community judge without even knowing people, the darker your skin, the less they expect you to have. And the whiter your skin, the more they expect you to have. When in reality, (laughs) that is the furthest from what the situation really is sometimes. And so in the Philippines, I think that sometimes that makes sense because they're not as like progressive and advanced as we are here, at least in the Bay Area, specifically within the United States. But if you are from the Bay Area or California, you kind of have no excuse for that. You know, like that behavior is not really acceptable anymore. And so I think it's also important to note that. Mm. Beautiful. So Maxine, you are sharing with us that the way that you are being the change that you want to see is by sharing your story. So Mm -hmm. what else of your story that you haven't shared with us yet that you would like for us and our listeners to know about you? Oh, that's a good one. I think, well, I know you, you do. Um, I I know in the past, (laughs) I know in some episodes, Jen, you've mentioned how you were bullied by like Filipina girls Mm -hmm. in your like own experience. And I think that's something that I was never bullied, but I was never accepted if that Mm. makes sense. And and that I think was a hard, like I've never had a Filipina best friend. I've never had Filipino friends, like period. I think I had one in elementary school, like one time. Um, And, you know, it was because we're such a diverse community, but it was never something that, you know, I associated with myself, like my relationship to my Filipino identity up until I was 16 was like zilch. Like mm. I refused, you know, not only was I trying to assimilate into American culture, but like my parents actually immigrated here as children. They grew up in the mm. United States. They actually went to my rival high school in the Bay Area. Oh, wow. Um, Where? Yeah. Wow. So, it, so I went to De Anza, but they went to Pinot Valley. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So like, you know, so your equivalent to our mm. rival would have been Salesians. Yes. Yeah. Oh, wait. Wait, sorry, could you say that again? You cut out really quick. Carol, I went to St. Mary's. <laughs> my, oh my gosh, my, no, my old roommate's there. My brother's best friend is there right now. Like, I know yes. so many people. My cousin went to Salesian. Like, yes. it's, it's a Salesians small world. Like our arch rival. Salesians is the rich oh, Yeah. So that's like yeah. who we rival. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I mean, they were having some issues a couple weeks ago, but you, yeah, I know. The, yeah, the whole thing. <laughs> No, yeah, I know a lot of 10 years ago. I don't know anything about that. No, yeah, I know we've been to St. Mary's. My old roommate from last year from UCLA actually graduated out of St. Mary's, and I have a lot of friends. Oh, I love that. Okay. Yeah. So it's really dope. 
Yeah, but you know, my my parents are very Americanized. Neither of them speak mm. Tagalog. They understand, yeah. you know. But you know, the whole accent thing within the Filipino culture, especially when you come to America, it's like nobody wants you to speak the language because they don't want you to have an accent. Right. And so, like, not only did they not speak, now I don't know what's going on. You turn on TFC, <laughs> I can only point out like certain words, you know. Right. And that yeah. I think really. Made <laughs> oh my god! No, yeah, and I really want to learn, but it. It feels like I know I'm so young, but like it's a lot of work to like yeah. learn a language. That's really no. I'm having our podcast editor basically teach me through Facebook message. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. No, I mean, do a lingo needs Tagalog on there or something? Do they have that already? Because yeah, I, I don't mean, know. I, need I found actually this thing called philtalk.com, and it's a oh. community that you can join to practice oh. your Tagalog, and it will it will give you lessons too. So it will teach you, oh. and then it's like a Facebook wall type of looking thing where you can actually that's talk cool. to people and like practice. Oh, that's really cool. I'm gonna do that. Yeah, I've always wanted to learn, but they always told us like, we no, I'm not gonna teach you. End of story. Keep pushing. Damn. Wow. Yeah. Like, damn, like I lost like there was so much potential for me to be bilingual and now right. you know it's gone. But like I grew up very Americanized. The only really like cultural, I guess like exchange, I guess, that happens in my life was when I was with my grandparents. And when I was with my grandparents, I just, you know, I felt even more not Filipino. I felt like I don't look Filipino, therefore I'm not allowed to associate with my Filipino identity. And that's it. And so like growing up, like if I don't speak, if I don't know the culture, if I don't even watch TFC as much as like, like, you know, my peers do, am I really truly Filipino? Right. there, you know, it's a very much like the cult, like the identity crisis almost. Yeah. And that's not something that you should ever have to question. Like I'm yeah. here in the same house and as a part of this family, just like yeah. everybody else that I'm looking at, who I look at as validated, yet I'm questioning my own validity because I look a little bit different and that's not my fault, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, it's not my fault. And it's like, why do I have to carry myself through the world in this kind of state of uncertainty about how I'm supposed to present myself and how I'm supposed to act and what, you know, all of these different aspects of my life all because I don't know my responsibility. Exactly. Yeah, it's not my responsibility to educate you on the history of our mm-hmm. people, the history of me. I, you're mm-hmm. not paying me unless you run me a check, then, you know, keep your questions to yourself but people don't understand that they still ask (laughs) wow oh my gosh we've had quite the conversation today maxine i have one more question for you if you don't mind me asking you a million and one questions okay so you had mentioned that you have experienced bullying in your own family which i think is like a rite of passage for everyone raised in the filipino family (laughs) at this point yeah. So I'm curious, you know, obviously you've risen from the top, you know, you're in a place where you could really shine and be you. How would you say is your relationship with your family today? Like, have you kind of decided to maybe temporarily distance yourself? Have you made amends with them? Especially because if your family does stumble across this recording, you know, it's like, what do you want? Like, I, I'm just, I'm just curious, like, like, what is your relationship like with them? I know for me personally, I talk about my family a lot on this show, like a lot, but I don't share any photos of them on my social media. So I I hide their photos like out of respect, but my story is my story. Like I want to speak my truth, you know, and if they want to speak their truth, 
like they can come on the show, you know, and yeah. a lot of them, I think, yeah, I think if they are listening, <laughs> I know, right? But I think, I think a lot of my dedicated to interviewing our family members. <laughs> oh man, oh man, that would be a very interesting experience. But yeah, I can only imagine that my family, if they do listen to the show, they're just like eavesdropping, and they'll never tell me that they listen to the show. Except my sister. My sister tells me that she listens. Yeah. So I'm just curious, like you know, like where are you at with your family? Like how how are they taking it that you're so open about this? Where are you at? <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's interesting because a lot of I might put my dad on blast, but like a lot of the bullying did come from his side, which is ironic because mm. they're the side I get all of these genes from. Like wow. the hair, yeah, like it's insane because he is, you know, Kapapangan and you know, like we are a little bit darker than most. We, you know, our, our indigenous people are still there and, and bumping. So um <laughs> yes. you know, yeah, a lot of like my relationship, especially with my grandmother because that's where a lot of my self-esteem issues really started because of Mm. the words she would say and the things she would do it's okay now she does unfortunately she was diagnosed with alzheimer's a couple years ago yeah so she doesn't remember any of this oh man that's awful (laughs) so it's kind of like you know and that's something else you know like our relationship because of alzheimer's definitely has progressed um you know for a long time it was a little bit, it was a lot of resentment, you know, a lot of why am I, you know, the least favorite grandchild. And it got to a point where like, I couldn't take the comments anymore that I, I told my dad and my dad had to have a serious conversation with her and she acknowledged it, it didn't stop, but it wasn't as harsh. But as I got older and I really came into myself, she unfortunately was diagnosed with Alzheimer's. Wow. She doesn't remember a lot of the things that she said to me, but you know, I love her. You know, she took the chance and brought her family to the US. And that's something I do feel, as a lot of immigrant children feel like indebted yeah. to her and what she sacrificed, you know, leaving family behind, you know, leaving mm-hmm. a life she knew behind. In terms of my other family, it's all right. You know, we were never close. I never had mm. the big, giant, you know, huge family experience that a lot of Filipinos had, which is something I really wish I did have. But mm. um, once they got to America, my grandparents, at least on my dad's side, only had three children. On my mom's, mm. it's three as well. Um, and not, you know, the eight, nine, ten that a lot of my, you know, friends have. So it, it's kind of, I'm kind of bummed. But, mm. you know, it is what it is. My relationship with that side of the family, especially with this kind of revival of cultural, I guess, acceptance and very like, we're all very now cultured, I guess is the only way I can say that we're all very proud. There's a lot of cultural Mm -hmm. pride now. And the whole assimilation of Filipinos, I feel like at least in my experience and in my communities, us trying to assimilate to American culture has definitely died down. There was a lot Mm. less like, oh, I want to talk white, you know, whatever that means. Or I want to act white or listen to white music, whatever that means. That shouldn't be. Well, I think the new, like, American culture is to be cultured. And so Mm. everyone who is mixed is, like, embracing their mixed sides or their ethnic sides right now because it's trendy. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's another topic I can get to. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, it's so true. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and all of a sudden. Right now to be ethnic, whereas before, I mean, and you can make ties to that as close as like the Kardashians. You know what I mean? Before the Kardashians existed, everyone wanted to be Paris Hilton. 
blonde and skinny right. and no ass and no boobs and no nothing, just skin and bones. And then the Kardashians came and now everybody wants to be curvy. Everybody wants right. long Everybody wants, you know what I mean? Yeah. The standards have changed, which I think is great because mm-hmm. now the standards encompass more of like the real everyday woman in America, not speaking to any gender. I mean, not speaking to any ethnicity or any race, yeah. just in general, women in general are fucking curvy and we have yes. and we have longer hair and it's curly yeah. and yeah. it doesn't look like Paris Hilton, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And Paris Hilton is actually the new opposite of normal. You know what I mean? The new right. normal is the Kim Kardashians of the world or the ethnic yeah. girls of world but in reality we've been the new normal for a long time (laughs) we just we're now being recognized because of people like the kardashians etc yeah that's my two cents (laughs) yeah that's so true i mean and it's interesting to see everybody yeah all of a sudden accept your cultured side when that wasn't what you're that was not the move four or five years ago, but it's great because we all can now learn about our history. And I think Mm -hmm. that's the most important part of this all. I know you're a UC Davis historian. I don't know her name. I'm the worst. I love listening. Yeah, I I love listening to this episode because there's so much that I didn't know about my own people and about our experience in, you know, America. And then if I had been taught that, you know, X amount of years ago, I would be complaining about my hair. I'd be trying to educate Mm. my grandmother, you know, and my cousins and all of these other people, because I think like education is it's the way to go and it's the way to learn and grow, which is why, like, I am an education major. Yes. So that, like, makes a lot of sense now. But, like, you know, yeah. like, about my history has empowered me to, like, try to pass that down. And especially with my little cousins, I have actually this family friend. She's actually half Lao, half Black. And when she first saw my hair when I went natural, is that's, you know, that's what they call it. She was like, your hair looks so crazy. Why does it look like that? You need to tie this up. She's like a five-year-old. You know, she's this mm. beautiful you know mixed girl but she really resents the way my hair had like was big and then you know she was like why is it so short now and all these kinds of things and then once I saw her the next time she cut it as short as mine and she goes I want my hair to be curly too because now it's trendy she saw her favorite whoever on Instagram post a picture and now she wants that haircut and it's just like wow I was thinking about that today like are we really that naive as a culture as a community to say those types of things and it's it's only human like you know I talk this shit but I also fall into the trap of that I also want Mm -hmm. to be attractive and I want to keep up and I want to you know whatever with the Instagram community I'm gonna be a part of it I want to play and so um, there is that kind of fine line to draw and there is that that's really where your like sense of self I feel like individuates you from everybody else in the social media world is like are you here to play the game or are you here to have your own agenda you know yeah. a lot of people have our own agendas mm, my goodness what a conversation <laughs> well hey maxine for our listeners there's, there's no one else joining live at this point so we could go on <laughs> forever but i think eventually we do have to call this to an end But hey, Maxine, it was an absolute pleasure speaking with you today. Thank you so much for taking the time. I mean, for reaching out, first of all, and uh, wanting to be on our show and speak up and share your story and uh, really talk about like how you are being the change that you want to see 
especially at 19. Let me tell you, I was not doing this at 19. Okay. Like I did not do public speaking till after college in my young 20s. I mean, I did. I mean, don't get me wrong. I was I was an MC back in my day in, in high school. I used to run the student assemblies. <laughs> I forgot <laughs> I did that. I just remembered I did that. But, you know, for you to put yourself out there to put like on our show and just speak your truth, like I would not have been able to do that at 19. So shout out to you. Thank you. You Thank are you. awesome. Now, for people that are interested in learning more about you and they want to connect with you and say, oh my gosh, your story completely resonated with me, how can they get a hold of you and say those good things to you? Yeah, follow me on Instagram and Twitter. My handle is at Maxine DeMolanta, my government name. Oh, well, as well as, you know, LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn too. Snapchat, you could add me. I don't know if you guys do that, but that's, you know, I, you know, I don't have a lot on there. I am a little bit more private when it comes to social media, just because mm-hmm. of the kind of culture like that we're in now. Oh, I also yeah. don't want future employers like stalking me. So right. yeah, that's something I'm trying to balance and figure that out how to. That's, yeah, that's yeah. You know, yeah, but you know, I'd love to talk and engage. And if there's anyone out there with a story like mine, like I'd love to hear it because it feels like right now, like it's very lonely. Um, And just to, you know, if this resonates with anybody, I guess that's, that was really the point of contacting you all. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. And, you know, when we started this show, I mean, like when, when I first, when I revived it, I thought like, I didn't really think anyone was going to listen to it. (laughs) I was like, I was like, oh, it's it's really just a show for me to collect stories and make myself feel good and make myself feel represented. <laughs> you know, like it was more of like a selfish thing. And long and behold, Nani comes into my life. She finds this on Instagram and she was willing to join me on the show without knowing what to expect because she's never like seen me with a co-host before. And it just like worked out so beautifully. And we have this beautiful community as well. We have over 1,600 followers on Instagram now. And I think we like hit over 800 likes on Facebook. Not, not that I'm really on there, to be quite honest. <laughs> but um, that's cool for not trying, right? Yeah. yeah. And, uh, but I just want to thank you so much for joining us, Maxine, and for really contributing to our project. Because Nani has mentioned this you know, throughout our shows, but this is a collective. And this show is what people choose to contribute or it's what is it we'll contribute to it what you guys demand from it what you guys want okay good thank you (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah that's it that's i needed a moment to like realize that i'm still here talking (laughs) so it's like you ever have a dream and then you wake up and realize you were in a dream yes yeah you know what i mean so that that's how i felt yeah yeah that's what happened to me just now i was like oh i'm i'm still recording like that was that was real (laughs) Oh, I got to finish. <laughs> yeah, so I should keep talking because there's people staring at me right now. Maxine is like, can I get off of this call? <laughs> no, you guys are great. This has been a lot of fun. I've been here for like hours. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's okay. So worth it. So worth oh, cool. It. Yeah, because Nani, like. I hope you had fun. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I definitely did. No, this has been great. You know, it's great to especially like see what you're all doing with this project. Like I've said, like, it's a lot of representation that I was lacking. And I really wish yeah. I knew that like Philam history was a thing when yeah. I was a teenager, you know, when I was in high school, at least because that alleviates a lot of the identity crisis within a lot of like Panais, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. I, that reminded me, I, I felt like I was going to say something smart. 
<laughs> but yeah, this project is a collective. And I think what I find is that the more stories we add, at least for me personally, the more unapologetic I am, you know, the more I feel proud to show up as who I am in this crazy world. And even with the pandemic going on right now, and people of Asian descent are being targeted, I am still proud, like I am more than proud, you know, to be Panay, to be an American woman of Filipino descent. Well, so this is the fun part. So to our listeners, we're not going to like, we want to give you behind the scenes, but typically what we'll do at this point is I'm going to tune out. I'm going to say thanks for joining us. So typically I'll say goodbye and Nani will say goodbye. And then Maxine, you can say goodbye afterward. And, and then I'm not going to stop the recording. We're going to pretend to stop the recording. And then we're going to officially say goodbye because typically on our show, we'll do like a, you know, a pre-show, we'll connect with the guest and then we'll actually do the show. And then we do kind of like a very mini, very mini after show where we're just checking in and celebrating that we had a successful show. So we're going to like get to that point. And we're going to pretend that it's already after the show, but we're still going to record just so our listeners can hear what happens once the recording is over. <laughs> so bear with us. <laughs> so here, I'm going to do my pretend wrap up. Okay, so here we go. All right, everyone. Uh, with that said, we want to thank you all so much for listening. And we very much look forward to speaking with you in the next episode. Nani, thanks again for co-hosting with me as always. You're welcome as always. Thank you all for joining us. We love you. Yes. Yes. And Maxine, thank you as well. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It was amazing. Beautiful. And uh, we look forward to speaking with you in the next episode. Tune in next time. Pretend to stop recording. Yay. (laughs) 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 Yeah. So Maxine, pretending that we're done recording, but we're still recording. So I just know what's going on and our listeners see the behind the scenes. Thank you so much for joining us today. We absolutely appreciate it. I, I don't know. That's it. That's all I can say. Nani, any thoughts? <laughs> I mean, thank you for joining us without much like notice or <laughs> <laughs> like preparation beforehand. We definitely all just kind of jumped into this together. So that was really fun. And thank you for being super flexible and <laughs> fun to talk to and hang out with. I hope you had fun with us. <laughs> no, I did. It was it was so much fun. You guys are great. Like it's so great to be able to put names to faces now too, or oh. I guess names to voices and no faces to voices. I guess that's what it yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, it was really awesome. And even even the live didn't work out the way you guys were expecting it. I know. That's <laughs> yeah. No, I was gonna I was gonna tell you, Nani. I was gonna bring this up after this because I didn't want to like switch our plans last minute. But one thing that we're going to be doing moving forward, because we're really done doing our shows, switching my earphones because the the plug-in is different now, damn it. (laughs) Damn phones. Um, See you right back. (laughs) I'm going to put myself on mute here. Can you two hear me? Yes, we can hear you. (laughs) Cool. I'm calling from my phone and I can hear you two very well as well. This is the after show, right? Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, this is this is the after party. Yeah. So one of our future plans, at least, so since we're not actually doing our shows anymore because we're going on a spring break, you know, people seem to like to jump into these IG live stories, but obviously we have technical issues with it. But aside from the technical issues, we actually are planning on holding. This is not in any like higher education scientific way, but we're planning on having focus groups 
of oh. our fan base, like for people who have been listening to us on our show. And and just having a session like this where like it's just two or three of our, of our other listeners just like sharing their feedback on the show and, and what more do they want to see or, you know, like what else should be added to the show. So that's one thing I wanted to talk about with you, Nani. Since this is the after show, and Maxine, you are welcome to jump off anytime. So don't oh. feel like you have to stay here. You got, you could just cut me <laughs> off because I, I will talk a lot. Wait, I'm actually, let me pause. I will be bantering. So if you want to, you need to go. Yeah, yeah, I will. I'll head out now. I, I, it is time to eat. But yeah, it was so great talking to you all and meeting you both. You know, yeah, no. Yeah, and if if you ever do another one of those the the link ups in the Bay Area, let me yeah. know or LA if it's yeah. not you know because that that was a really dope that was a really dope episode and I really oh good well thank you so much Maxine for joining us and yeah I we look forward to having your episode ready yeah and thank have you. a good yeah. night and you I will back for a little bit more with Nani yeah. <laughs> okay take care yeah. Support. <laughs> no, of course. Yeah. Take care, you guys. Have a good one. Have a good night. Bye. 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 Okay, cool. Hey. hey. Still recording. <laughs> Wait, where still recording. Wait, where did you go? I'm still I'm still here. Can you see me? No. Can you see me? I could see you. Can you hear me? I can hear you, but it's oh just a black gray screen. Oh, that Why is, is technology oh not on our side tonight? <laughs> I know. It's just like so strange. But I can hear you just clearly. And hopefully my video will be back before you know it. But anyway, to our listeners, yeah, this is normally what we do. We, you know, do a little banter with our guests after the show. And then normally Nani and I just banter as well afterward. We usually call each other after everything is done. We talk on the phone and we kind of recap how the conversation went. And we sometimes talk about like our plans for next time. So that was, um, that was, let, let's do like an immediate commentary of tonight, Nani. A little recap. Um, <laughs> little, little recap. Yeah. We started hopeful on Instagram live. <laughs> and Which didn't work out the way we planned. Yeah. And you know what? That's okay. Cause that's the reason why, I mean, personally, this is the reason why I like to do podcast recording because the lag and the internet connection isn't so bad a lot of the times. I actually did a video interview with someone like just, I think yesterday. And even then we had our internet skip as well. And it's just like, oh, this is like one reason why I don't like to do video just because streaming isn't always at its best. But it's not a big deal either because everyone knew that we were drinking tonight. And, you know, you you join, you join us because you just want to enjoy how we are like when we're drunk. And then on top of that, you're enjoying it while we are having technical difficulties. Yeah, so. I realize most of the people that were joining us are people that were joining us for, like, personal reasons, you know? Right, right. Like, we had a few of our, like what do you call it? Diehard listeners. But everybody else was like a personal friend. Yeah. Um, well, hey, I'm feeling good. Um, I'm happy that it turned out the way it did overall. And the edited version that Dennis will do such a tremendous job helping us with will polish this up for us and will make us sound so much better when people listen to the replay. So you're welcome, everyone. And only people that were really there know what really happened. 
<laughs> yes. They share that special moment in time with us. Yes. Yeah. Let me show me just make sure. All right. Well, I guess that's it. Like, how are you how are you feeling? Like you like cook dinner for yourself? I'm literally making dinner. I have my rice cooking because I lost my rice cooker. So I'm making oh, it. Oh no. Yeah, and then I have these real fancy <laughs> veggie burgers that just came out of the oven. <laughs> nice. Well, why don't we just wrap up the call here, Dottie? And I'll, I'll, I'll call you afterwards just, just to talk to you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll just do that. We can, like, FaceTime. We can FaceTime on my phone. Yeah, just on my phone. Yeah, but let's go ahead and wrap this up together. How do you feel about unapologetically having – shared behind the scenes of our normal type of interviews how how is that experience like for you i think that i will have to listen to it back when i'm sober <laughs> and then answer your question <laughs> no i'm just kidding well slightly not kidding i i would like to probably hear it when i'm sober but uh um... you will <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought it was really great. I thought that Maxine had some really great perspective to contribute. And I think that she opened up a different conversation that we maybe have not had on the show before that I think is really essential to the community. And maybe it doesn't affect everyone in the community on such a personal level. But for the people that it does, I know that it will be really impactful to right. hear weren't the only person who struggled with that or experienced that in their own families. And for me specifically, you know, I shared that experience about my grandma and grandpa, but everyone who follows me on Instagram or who knows me from this show knows that I like love and praise both of my grandparents with everything that like I am. And, mm -hmm. and so it's not, Again, a conversation to be opened. It's not a statement to be made. I'm going to stop there. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, y'all. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, I mean, and really that's what the show is about, is just ongoing conversations of exploring our identity and, you know, just, just making sense of it all. And ultimately, I think, loving ourselves fully. I think that's always going to be an ongoing journey. But hopefully with every story that we share on the show, or every time you engage with us or whatever you're doing in your life to find more clarity, you know, hopefully that is your way of getting closer to that truth, to your sense of purpose. And, you know, like hopefully that experience gets you to remind yourself like how beautiful and worthy and wonderful and beautifully designed you are. So, okay. We will officially wrap this up, Dottie. With that officially, officially said, we want to thank our listeners for putting up with us to this point. If you, <laughs> Donnie's laughing. We love you. We appreciate you. If you find us entertaining, we don't <laughs> understand you, but <laughs> we love you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So thank you all so much. And, you know, hopefully this brightens up your day, uh, considering uh, everything that's going on right now. And hopefully should things work out, we either look forward to seeing you at our next IG live show, or you'll be participating with us in our focus groups, which I don't think I fully ex explained it. Explained so tell it, but people how, if they want to be a part of our focus group, what should they do? How can they get there? 
Okay, let's let's jump to that. So just as a recap, we are planning on putting focus groups throughout probably every Friday night. So instead of doing this general happy hour where anyone can join, we're actually going to, you know, pluck out like two or three of our... Yeah, yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna pluck out two or three of our listeners to join us on our show, and share what the show has meant for them. And even just brainstorm or share ideas on what we can do for the next season. So if you're interested, if you've been a diehard fan at this point, um, and you've engaged with us, and you already know us and or, or not, or you do want to get to know us, right? Uh, we would love to have you join us, please reach out to us. There are many ways to do that. You can direct message us on Instagram at the Filipino American Woman. You can email us at the Filipino American Woman at gmail.com. And woman is singular, so with an A, not an E. And or you can text us. We have a phone number now. Uh, Nani, I completely forgot what our phone number is. Would you? It's 415-484-TIFA, which is also um Eight two three nine. Cool. So there you go. And as always, if you did not catch that, you can see that in the show notes. All right. If I haven't said thank you enough, I will say it one more time. Thank you to our listeners. Thank you, Nani, for co-hosting as always. And if we don't publish an episode anytime soon, we might have some surprise episodes. We'll see. But if not, we look forward to seeing you again in summer 2020. So stick with us on Instagram. That's where we'll share our updates. But until then, we'll see you in summer 2020. We love you all. And you are beautiful. You are loved. You are worthy. You have a story to share. And we're excited to feature your story because you're going to reach out to us in summer 2020 to have your story featured here on the Filipino American Woman Project. Yes. Stay tuned for season two. Yes. All right. Love you all. Good night and goodbye for now. Goodbye. <laughs>